from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women. Celebrating Powerhouse Women is proudly presented by NEMA and Sourced. And hello again, friends, and welcome back to Celebrating Powerhouse Women. I am your host, Amanda Pierch, Marmalejo, and this is the series that salutes and recognizes women leaders making an impact in our community. Today, it is my distinct pleasure to welcome our guest, Ginger Powell. Ginger is the Director of Development for the GMC Foundation, which is now a part of the Northside Hospital in Gwinnett. Welcome to the show, Ginger. Thank you, Amanda. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. Now, before we get started, Ginger, I just want to compliment you on that stunning blue blazer that you are wearing. And I Thank would, you. You're welcome. It's a royal blue, we kind of determined? I think so. Okay. Why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about the significance behind the color that you chose to wear today? Okay, so March is Colon Cancer Awareness Month. So today, the hospital associates were asked to wear blue to promote um, and raise awareness for that. Fantastic. And as you and I were talking before the show, awareness leads to preventative care, which kind of helps um, get behind, you know, um, finding out that unpleasant news in the first place. Absolutely. And colon cancer is very preventable. Um, and if you have a family history, you should be getting checked at the age of 45. So, oh, yeah, mark your calendar if you hadn't done that. Yeah. Sounds like an exciting <laughs> visit. I know, right? Okay. And thank you very much. You also brought us a wonderful umbrella on this rainy day. So useful. And it, too, is blue. Yes, and you're welcome. Of that. So thank you for teaching me something today. Um, let's kind of dive in. For those who are unfamiliar with the GMC Foundation, mm -hmm. maybe you can expand a little bit about um, what you do with the organization and a little bit about the acquisition. Is that the right sure, word? Sure. The merger? Absolutely. Okay. Okay, so the GMC Foundation was actually created in 1989, so now more than 30 years ago we've been in existence. Um, and we are a 501c3 organization um, with a purpose to raise those philanthropic dollars to invest back into our hospital system. Um, so there's a lot that's happened over the past 30 years. Um, when I first started there 22 years ago, um, there was only one hospital patient tower on the Lawrenceville campus, along with the Women's Pavilion and a few medical office buildings. And on the Duluth campus, there was really only John Glancy Memorial Hospital and the Hudgens Building. Mm. So during my 22 years, I've been able to see a lot of transformation going on um, system-wide. Um, I've seen the North Tower on the Lawrenceville campus be built. Um, the Duluth campus, I got to see that um, whole campus grow up. Um, there wasn't even a hospital on that campus when I started, so that was really neat. Um, and then a little bit later came the Open Heart Campaign, and um, we did the West Expansion on the Lawrenceville campus to add the Strickland Heart Center to mm -hmm. that. Um, so those are a few of the things, major things that happened before the merger with Northside. Mm -hmm. So three years ago, um, August of um, 19, is when the merger took place. Um, and we now operate, of course, under the name of Northside Hospital. Um, the GMC Foundation does remain a separate entity from Northside Hospital. Um, but what we have is an agreement of association with Northside. So basically that says um, that they cover our operating expenses and we in turn give them the donations um, that we raise from the community um, and that's really good for our donors because we're able to tell our donors a hundred percent of the money that they give goes directly to the cost mm. no overheads taken out to cover salary support or anything like that Northside takes care of that um, and the other I think important thing to note to our donors especially is um, the money that people give to our um, foundation it stays in Gwinnett because a lot of times the community likes to give locally and mm -hmm. see the impact of those donations directly, so right. they're able to see that. 
That's amazing. I have right here in our notes that um, you raised more than $80 million to invest back in Gwinnett's community hospital system. Yeah, I mean, as a foundation, as yeah. a whole, and actually that number's up a little bit now. It's more like $85 million um, since the existence. So thank you for pointing that out. Yes, that's a big deal for us. Humongous yeah. deal. That's, that's quite the contribution. Mm-hmm. Well, cheers to you guys for the great work that you are doing, and I know that you're going to continue to put your best foot forward mm-hmm. in an effort to help propel the foundation within the community. Tell us a little bit about yourself personally, as you are very enthusiastic about you with what you do. You've been um, with the hospital system for 22 years. That's amazing. So what kind of inspired you to remain in that world? And um, just tell us a little bit about your enthusiasm for what you do. Um, well, maybe this is the time I share my story about how I got into healthcare because I think that all kind of relates together. Um, I went to school at Georgia College and State University, and um, early on, my undergraduate degree, um, it was in health education because I had thought that I was going to be a physical therapist, um, but I did not get into physical therapy school that first year, so I had to, you know, reevaluate, pivot. <laughs> pivot, yes, that's the right word I'm looking for. Um, so I went into public administration with a concentration in healthcare. So I knew I wanted to be something in the healthcare field. I just didn't know what. Um, but during my graduate internship, um, I had a job out at Cuscoilla on Lake Oconee. And I was the beverage cart girl. So I would interact with the golfers on a daily basis. Well, one day on the golf course, um, I met Richard Tucker, and he handed me his business card and said, if you ever need anything, um, I'm the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce president, and he was at the time, um, let me know. Um, And it's funny, I think about now um, how one person that you interact with in life, they can make such an impact and change the whole trajectory of your life. And for me, Richard was that person. Um, So a few months later, I needed a graduate internship. So one day I just showed up to the Chamber of Commerce and I said, I'm here to see Richard Tucker without an appointment. Um, And it sounds like super bold, but I was completely naive. I didn't know what I was doing. So, but he was gracious. He came to the lobby and met me and introduced me to Paige Havens, who was their marketing director at the time. Yeah, so I ended up being her intern um, for about four months, and we became very close. Um, And that was the first year we had the great days of service in Gwinnett, and that was one of the projects that I was able to help her work on. So that gave me a lot of really great experience. Um, But while I was working at the chamber, there used to be this little room called the Resource Center, and that's where I was kind of sitting most of the time. And um, the guys that were about to open the 1818 Club shared that office space with me, and they heard me interact with people on the phone, and they were looking for an evening receptionist that would open the 1818 Club. So um, I didn't have a job. I had an internship that was unpaid. So they were like, hey, do you want to be our receptionist? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So I would work up there in the evenings. Um, And it was really cool because I was there for the grand opening when it first opened. So I've kind of been a part of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was at the 1818 Club that I met John Riddle. And he is the one that hired me at the um, Gwinnett Medical Center Foundation. Um, He was the executive director at the time. Um, I interviewed with him and Cynthia Chandler. And um, honestly, I didn't even know what the word philanthropy meant. Like, I was lost during that interview, and I thought I did horrible. And um, But he offered me the job, and I turned it down because I felt like I did bad in the interview. So he called me back, and he said, no, I really think this job was meant for you. Um, So I considered it, and I'm like, well, he sees something in me that I don't see in myself, so I'm going to give it a try. And 22 years later, still here. Amazing. So, but it all came circle back because mm-hmm. I had always had an interest in the healthcare field. So now I get to 
make a great impact on the healthcare field. Even though I'm not clinical, mm -hmm. um, philanthropy plays a big part in that. And now you know very well what that word means. I do, yes. I've been using it for 22 years now, so yes. Was this the same, because I'm not familiar with the history of the chamber um, in, in in that era, mm -hmm. uh, it's the same building that it is now? Yeah, they had actually just moved into that new building. Um, prior to that, I think it was over close to the Gwinnett Tech campus. Mm. So they just moved out of a little brick house, pretty much, into this nice new building. Mm. That's amazing that you were a part of the 1818 Club since it opened. I know. I, I do think that's pretty cool. I enjoy um, the cocktail hour on Wednesdays. Uh, yes, who enjoy, doesn't? <laughs> enjoy dinner there and all their, the carpaccio, the cakes. Oh, it's just, if, yeah. shout out to 1818 Club. If you've never been, if you've never been there, uh -huh. highly recommend it. Oh, how about the lobster tail? They're like mm -hmm. this big. Um, the Seafood Tower. Have you seen that? At I Frankie's? haven't. Yeah. Oh my that's gosh. in the evenings. I'll have to check mm -hmm. that out. So the chamber sounds like it's been a part of like your, your roots per se. You've been rooted here in mm -hmm. Gwinnett and started the chamber. What a wonderful foundation to kind of help lay the ground for your success. And I know that you're still heavily involved with the chamber to this day. Um, kind of fill us in from that transition. And when you kind of jumped into your role, once you accepted after you politely declined the role, and then you accepted it, what was your world kind of like at that time? Um, well, there was, it's always been a lot of networking. So when you start a profession and fundraising, the first thing you want to do is meet people. So that's primarily what I've done my entire career is meet new people. Um, and it's been wonderful because now you go into a room that used to be strangers and you're in a room full of friends. Yeah. So that's been a really nice transition. Um, early on, I did a lot of the event planning, which was also a really good way um, to meet people. Um, Catherine Willis was one of those people that I met early on. Um, she used to be in charge. We used to do a ball and auction, and she was in charge of our auction. And it was, it was an elite auction. It was very, very nice. She owned Parsons of Coming, so um, donors would give us money, and then we would give it to her because she would purchase items at wholesale cost from Parsons mm -hmm. and put in our auction. But through this time, Catherine and I became very, very close and she she is one of those people in my life that has served as a role model ever since very nice so you and her are still close to this we, day. we are very close in fact she called me recently and asked me to speak at her funeral so I'm like oh my gosh that's another one of those panic moments like I don't know if I can do her justice because I love her so much but She's I'm in going good to health? give it a go. Is she in good she's health? In, she's okay. in pretty good health, well, hey, but she's, she plans ahead. I'll say. Yeah, I mean, wow. she's already met with the funeral home director. She's got it all planned out. Better to do that so that you don't leave, you know, kind of a, a mixed bag when, mm -hmm. when the time comes. Um, talk a little bit about yourself personally, because you're involved with lots of organizations while you have mm -hmm. to pound the pavement and meet people and shake trees, you know, for um, donors and things like that. You participate in several different avenues of, we'll use the word again, philanthropy. Talk a little bit about some things that are near and dear to your heart and the reason why you choose to put emphasis behind them. Okay. Um, so... I really do try to limit what I say yes to because when I'm part of something, I like to give it my all. So I don't, I don't want to get into something and then not be able to contribute. So right now, I limit myself to two things, but it helps expose me to others through these two organizations. Um, and those two things are Leadership Gwinnett and Rotary. Um, so Leadership Gwinnett, um, I went through back in 2011, um, best class ever. I think that's the tagline <laughs> for every class, that, yeah. but I really mean it. Ours <laughs> was the best. Um, but since that time, I mean, you get into this program. It's a nine-month program, and you, you think, oh, my gosh, I don't have time for this. 
but then you're in it and you love it and then you don't want it to end and then after it's over you're like I have a void in my life now so I stuck around and I've been involved um, ever since Um, I currently serve on the board of trustees and the foundation board of directors for leadership Gwinnett Um, and it's just I highly recommend it it's probably one of the best things I've ever done for myself um, professionally and personally Um, one of the magical things about it is you meet um, some of your best friends through that program Um, but it is application time Mm -hmm. so applications are due I think it's March 27th is the date that the applications are due for that so if anybody's interested get those applications in and make them top notch because it is tough to get in and a lot of people don't the first time around and that's okay just keep trying because Mm -hmm. eventually it will happen Um, So that is really one I'm super passionate about. Um, The other is the Rotary Club um, of Sugarloaf. Um, I was immediate past president of that club. And I think a lot of times people think of us as maybe the fun club. I I hear that a lot in the community. Um, But we actually do a lot of good as well. Um, Last year alone, we had a Gwinnett Duck Derby. It raised $35,000. And we were able to give that to different charities in the community throughout the year. Um, So that has been very special. But one thing I love about Rotary is it, it exposes me since I can't commit to a lot of charities that's one way I can be involved and help other charities so we try to do a service project a month Um, in fact last week we just did um, a service project at nothing but the truth ministries have Mm. you ever heard of that I haven't she would be good to interview too I'll have to give you her name yes um, she um, so this program they make food packs for kids in the school system that um, are food insecure Mm -hmm. So those people are identified by their counselors in the school. So we packed 1,100 food packs for them for their weekend. But they have volunteers in and out of there all the time, and they're needed. So if you're looking for a good service project, that is definitely a good one. Um, But the other thing about Rotary and service is a lot of the things that we get to do, I involve my kids with those things. So um, I remember one time we were at the War Theater, I think it was Christmas Canteen, and um, they posed the question, like, what is your favorite Christmas tradition? And um, one of my kids said, oh, I love ringing the Salvation Army kettlebell every year because that's become a family tradition of Mm -hmm. ours. Um, And my other kid said, well, I like going to serve the Christmas Eve lunch to the Annandale Villagers and singing them Christmas carols. So it's like I knew at that moment that I had done something right. Like, so I think it's so important to involve, if you have children, to involve them early um, and expose them to service because it will become a way of life for them. It's a great way to invest in your kids. I would agree. Mm -hmm. And the motto, service above self. There you go. You got it. You're fellow Rotarian. You instilled that in them in a very young age. And you know, that's going to carry on and just grow it'll just become like a way of life it's gonna yeah, yep. bloom and flourish and they too will hopefully pass that on to their children i hope so speaking about family ginger and i call this water bugging because i'm severely adhd so my brain's like meow, oh, meow, my meow, husband meow. is too i'm used to it great <laughs> so you know how to manage yeah. us uh, i don't know about that but we'll <laughs> talk see. a little bit about bob and your children share okay. with us um maybe how you met your husband okay and starting your family and then a little bit about um where your kids are at today Okay. Um, So Bob and I met in high school, actually. Um, We ran track together. um, And so we became really good friends. We were best friends first. Um, And actually, my ninth grade year, I asked him to a Sadie Hawkins dance. 
Um, but we didn't date then. It was a year later, there was another Sadie Hawkins dance, and we went with other people, but then the next day we had our first date, and we've been together ever since. So, yeah, it's been a long time. Um, but, yeah, um, kids, I have two kids. Kylie is my daughter, and Kylie is actually my maiden name. So I named her because my parents Love had that. no boys, and that was the only way to carry, to carry the name on. on. So Is um, it spelled the same way, too? It is. I love that. K-I-L-E-Y. Uh-huh. So um, she's about to turn 17 in a couple of weeks, um, so we'll be celebrating her birthday. Um, and my son is going to be 14 in June. But um, both kids are runners. Um, they run cross-country and track, although my son's doing pole vaulting and I think it's his way to get out of running wow because he's good at it he just doesn't wait, like it that's the thing no I'm thinking yeah, wait, it's the big pole and you jump over, over another pole like <laughs> it, it's fun to watch um I don't understand it all just yet because it's new for me but I've only seen it in the Olympics I didn't know yeah, that they had it yeah, for it, youngsters yeah <laughs> even middle school starts it apparently wow. but um yeah that's very I and mean, well the running is in their blood because well Jason my husband here. was a good runner uh-huh. I ran but I was not good yeah. I just ran. made it through the race. Yeah. Yes. And so talk a little bit about how you are able to give so much to your community and to your organization and then also still have enough in your gas tank um, to go home and give your all to Bob and your children as well. Uh, that's a really good question. Um, I don't know if you've ever met Marcy Fair. Have you ever met her? Mm-mm. She um, started Keller Williams Realty and she lives in Gwinnett. Um, she wrote several books, and the first time I heard her speak, she spoke at a Gwinnett Chamber event, and I'm sorry if I get this wrong, but I think her book was called Tilt. So, and I always think of that when I think of trying to, you know, manage all these different things. you got your work life, your family life, and her philosophy is you can't juggle them all and keep all the balls in the air at the same time. She says, you got to tilt. One day you're heavy on your family. You tilt that way. Another day you're heavy on your work assignments. You tilt that way. One day you might be heavier on your community service. You tilt that way. So it's all about what does that day entail and what can you get done for that day? And just tackle it. Yeah, but she's a great speaker. So um, I would recommend her for sure. Yes. Tilt as well. You know, I've heard similar analogies uh, referenced with balls, one being, uh, do you know Joy Mitchell? Yes, I do. I love Joy. She's been very impactful Mm -hmm. in my life over the years. She made reference of um, life is kind of like you're juggling balls. Some Mm -hmm. of them are glass and some of them are rubber. You Mm -hmm. have to determine which ones are glass because you can't let those ones fall. They'll break. Right. But the rubber ones, hey, you can bounce a couple times and catch them again, catch them. You just got to keep juggling. And I had like this visual of her juggling when she said that. And that was a great, a great analogy. And then to the same um token that it's not work-life balance it's work-life integration and I like that as well because you know we can't that has a nice ring to it I'm gonna start using that yeah Uh, do you still do anything like running like what do you do with your family to stay active Um, okay so our family we're pretty adventurous Um, we do a lot of hiking in the North Georgia mountains Um, we all have kayaks so um, several times in the summer, we take the kayaks out um, to the Broad River or Chesity, you know, something like that. I, I don't do the crazy rapids, uh-huh. but class three is about our limit. We mm-hmm. don't, my my daredevil daughter would probably do more than that, but I'm not comfortable with it just yet. Just yet. Yeah, so, and we like to, on the weekends, we'll go visit. If we don't have sporting activities, we'll, we like to go to small mountain towns and explore like the downtown areas and just go through the shops and hang out and find a cool restaurant. Yeah. So we like to do that sort of thing. Um, and of course, we've got, we live on a farm, so there's always um, animals to manage and to love on. Um, what kind of animals do you have? Oh, gosh, we've got a lot. Do you have we've goats? Got, uh, do you have goats? We do, and a very I special goat. I've got good goat stories. Oh, 
What, how's he special? <laughs> Why is he so special? <laughs> okay, so this goat gets into a lot of trouble. Do you really want to hear a goat story? I really story? do. I love goats so right. much. You have no idea. So this goat doesn't think he's a goat. He thinks he's a dog. He's an outcast in the goat pen. So he hangs out with the dogs mm-hmm. outside in the yard. So, well, the goat has learned to open the door to our house with his head. So he can just, uh, we have a lever handle mm-hmm. for our doors. And so he can just put his head under it and lift up the door and come in. So you always have to keep the doors locked. Well, there's been, well, there's been a lot of occasions where he's just came in the house, but there's a three that stand out and it'll be quick. <laughs> One, one day my husband and my daughter were unloading groceries. Mm -hmm. So they had the door open to bring groceries in and out. So they were at the island unpacking the grocery bags and the goats behind them, they're completely oblivious, eating all the donuts. (laughs) There's some goats here in the studio. What? There's some goats. Oh my goodness. I heard them in the background. (laughs) Wow. That's pretty good sound effects you got going. Looking good. We've got a great producer. That's hilarious. Oh my goodness. So he came in. So okay. So the goat was eating What's his um, name? the What's, donut. Okay. Name? Well, there's controversy over the name. Oh. When we first got this goat, we did a Facebook poll. We, to see what it we should be. because our family couldn't decide. It was yeah. going to be Brownie or Rocky. Well, Facebook voted Rocky. Mm-hmm. My kids said we're still calling him Brownie, Brownie. <laughs> and my husband calls him Goat. So nice. I would call him Trouble. Uh, well, <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. That is what I call him. Um, so he snuck in. Yeah, so he snuck in. He ate all the donuts. Um, another instance like that was just at Friendsgiving. I had ordered, um, my kids were having a Friendsgiving bonfire. They had their friends coming over and their family. So parents were coming. It was going to be like 100 people. So I'd ordered graham crackers, um, marshmallows, all this Chocolate. stuff from Amazon, yeah. ready to go. Well, the day of the party, the goat came in the house and it, I had graham crackers and marshmallows all over the house. Two hours before, I was frantically cleaning it all up, trying to find more supplies because he just destroyed all my supplies. Um, But the best story, and I don't even know if I should tell this on air. Do it. Okay. I'll I'll do it, but it's it's a little humiliating. (laughs) Did he eat someone's underpants? No. But I have heard dogs do that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so... This story, okay, so my husband had shoulder surgery. We had gotten up super early in the morning to go down for a shoulder surgery. So I left my kids in charge. My daughter was taking my son to school that day. They left the house and did not lock the door. So after a long day at the hospital, we come home exhausted, ready to take a nap, and the door to the house is open. I mean, most people would probably think, oh my gosh, a burglar's inside, right? (laughs) You knew who it was. (laughs) But we thought, oh, the goat's been in the house. What are we going to walk into? So um, we walked in and um, we didn't see anything. It all looked pretty clean. And we're like, oh, maybe he didn't do anything. I did notice my bottle of vitamins had been knocked over. I'm like, well, maybe that spooked the goat and he Mm -hmm. ran back out of the house. Like, we're good. So like I said, we were tired. So um, my husband was in his recliner. That's what you have to do after shoulder surgery. And I went and laid in the bed and I took like a two hour nap. Well, after my nap was over, I turned over to the other side of the bed where I had my husband's like laundry folded up and stacked up. And I started seeing all these little pellets. No. The goat had peed and pooped all in the bed, and I had slept in it for two hours. You didn't know so. I was completely mortified. (laughs) He went, I bet he took a nap. I bet he went and took an oh, after yeah. bed and then yeah, we're he enjoyed left. his afternoon uh-huh. in our bed. Yes. <laughs> it was awful. I had to rewash clothes, throw away pillows. It was yeah, that was not I'd a good like day. To meet Brownie. Goats are mischievous. He yes. He sounds like he's got a great personality. 
Um, I don't know why I love goats so much. I live on the lake um, on the Hall County side, and my neighbor has a whole pasture of goats. So I save all my vegetable ends, and I go oh, and yeah. I take them to the goats. We do that. And there was this one goat who I named Ronald. I don't know what his real name was. He'd come up, you like pet him, he put his little things on the on the fence. I mean, and he had a personality, you yeah. know, and it was just amazing. So that's why I think I have such an affinity with goats. Thank you for and sharing they, and your he story. Is a cute goat, I uh-huh. mean, for sure. So he gets away with a lot. So do your children help you? Like, obviously, it sounds like kind of a mini farm that you have. Yeah. Okay. So we we have horses, um, donkeys, three potbelly pigs, four dogs, um, chickens, the goats, a tortoise. Oh, very yeah. nice. Tortoise is probably my favorite. It's the most low-maintenance animal there mm-hmm. is. He'll probably live longer than us, so we'll yeah. have to gift him to somebody. I heard but, that. Is it mm-hmm. humongous? Yeah, pretty big. Yeah? Yeah. And what inspired you to get into caring for animals? Is it something you've always done? Because you mentioned growing up on a farm. Okay. we I did grow up on a farm, but my parents had um, chicken houses um, and cows, and we had dogs around the house, but not anything like what our family has. My husband actually grew up with a lot of animals, so when we moved out there, we had the land for it, so he really became a collector. Like, he would just start bringing them home. In fact, the last pig we got, I was at work. He sent me a video clip of this little pig running down our driveway, and I'm like, did we get a new pig today? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, it was cute. (laughs) And the pig actually was litter box trained. It was an indoor pig for a little while. Oh, my gosh. She brought the farm, y'all. She brought the farm. Don't be alarmed. (laughs) Until the pig started jumping in the bed. Oh, God. Then the pig had to go. They love your bed. Yeah, I know. The animals love my bed. It's like uh, the dogs and children, too. They love where mom and dad sleep. (laughs) These sound effects are It's a pig star in here. Now, I'm going to, like, take a kind of morbid turn, but it's not morbid. It's great. I, too, am a firearms enthusiast. So tell me about your recent hobby, um, about going to the range. Okay. So, um, yeah, my newest hobby is clay shooting, Mm -hmm. and um, I love it. Like, um, as a kid, my dad would always set up Coke cans in the backyard, and we would shoot them, and I always enjoyed that. With an air rifle or a twenty-two or both? I don't remember, actually. Um, Probably both. He had a lot of guns. But, um Anyway, just recently, a few years back, my friend Jennifer Fennell um, took me out for a clay shoot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I love this so much. So I bought myself a shotgun. I have my own gun. And um, I've been in the chamber clay shoot a couple clay of shoot, times yeah. now. Yeah. At first, I was super intimidated because I thought these guys were going to be super good and not accepting of a mm-hmm. newcomer. But they were great. Yeah. Yeah. They love teaching me the ropes. Did your shoulder get bruised at all? Oh, yeah. The first yeah. day, it was completely Got bruised. Recoil. I was super sore. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Absolutely. Uh-huh. That's fun. Now, I say, I guess because I was I was raised in Brooks, Georgia, in the south. We call it skeet shooting. Yeah, isn't it? We clay pigeons. And we, we call have it a skeet, skeet shooter yeah. at uh-huh. our house, and we'll shoot off the back porch, fun. which is fun. Yeah, but these places that are the clay places are almost like golf courses. You go to different stations, mm-hmm. and they shoot out different directions, and yeah, cool, it, cool. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very yeah, nice. You got it. Oh, sorry. I, I thought that you, you were crying because you're our, our funny producer back there with all the sound effects looked like he had a tear in his eye. Uh-oh. We'll have to challenge him to come out to the range sometime. Yeah. Pardon me as I deviated to a lot of fun things, Ginger. I will bring it back for our listeners that came here for some some meat. Um, you, we talked about your hobbies. We talked about some things that you do to unwind um, your personal life and also your career. And you do so much here for our community. When we come back from our break, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, a cool story story and experience that you've had. But until then, here's a word from our sponsors. NEMA is a full service logistics company 
that provides trucking, warehousing, and expedited deliveries for the paper machine clothing industry. They offer a full line of services, including delivery within the 48 contiguous states, Canada and Mexico, plus importing and exporting, air freight forwarding services, foreign trade zone warehousing, and many more services to handle your global logistics needs. NEMA is a proud sponsor of the Celebrating Powerhouse Women podcast series. We know running a business is hard. There are so many things that need to get done and you don't have the time, the resources, the experience, or you just don't want to do it yourself. At Sourced, we have your back. Office. We support leaders of companies with all their back office challenges that weigh them down. Whether it's accounting, talent acquisition, administrative support, marketing, or human resources, our team of experts at Sourced will make your life easy and your back office effortless. To see how we can help you, check us out at GetSourced.com. All right, and welcome back to Celebrating Powerhouse Women. I am your host, Amanda Pierce Marmalejo, in studio with Ginger Powell, the Director of Development for the GMC Foundation of Northside Hospital in Gwinnett. We were having a tremendous amount of fun before the break, talking about all your farm animals and the cool things that you do, kind of staying on that that um, cool train. I don't think I've said cool so many times since high school, but I like it. Um, I'd like for you to share with us a cool story and a cool experience that you've had, please. Okay. All right. Well, I'll start with a cool story. Um, a few years ago, I was asked to play in the Mitsubishi um, Pro-Am, which I, I like to play golf. I'm not good at it. So I was terrified to play my own golf game because I've always played like best ball format. Right, yes. So when you have to play your own game. <laughs> but we were paired that day with a guy named Jerry Pate, who was super nice. Um, I mean, just so kind and tolerant because... We had a team that wasn't super good. I mean, a couple of our players were, but um, Jennifer and I were the other two. And we were like, oh, gosh, I don't know how they're going to be with us. But he was wonderful. Um, But I really didn't know Jerry Pate very well. So before I went, I Googled him. And I saw a picture of him jumping in a lake at Sawgrass after he won a championship in the early 80s. So while we were on the course that day, we just kind of talked about that photo. um, And he told me the story about it. Um, And he was... um, uh, he was just a genuine guy. But anyway, a few days later, I'm in my office and I received this package in the mail. And um, it is that photo that he autographed. So he had to find my address and send it to me. Uh-huh. And he wrote me a note with it. Like, uh-huh. I was like, he took time out of his day to make something extra special for me, right. just out of a little conversation. So that was a really cool, I think, experience that mm-hmm. I had. Do you still have the photo, obviously? Oh, it's, hang- yeah, it, it's in my like, office. Yeah, in office. Yeah, I look I at it every say. day. I love it. Yeah. Um, and one really, really cool experience that I had um, was one of my um, leadership Gwinnett classmates, Samantha Dunn. Um, she works with a company, and they were doing a national promotion for their sales team of their top five salespeople in the country. They would win a trip to a pre-Oscar party with A-list celebrities in Los Angeles. And she was one of the top five, and she got to take a guest and she wasn't married so she took me so um it was awesome it was in Paul McCartney's former home in Los Angeles um and the experience I mean we were surrounded 
by celebrities. Like it was almost like I had to pinch myself. Like I can't believe I'm doing this. Um, but we had a champagne toast with Jack Black. We received a piece of gum from LL Cool J. Gum? Yeah. Just like a like, stick of gum? Yeah. He just said, hey, you want a piece of gum? So yeah. Was it normal gum? Yeah. Normal gum. Okay. Yeah. It was all good. <laughs> it was safe. <laughs> it wasn't funny gum. Yeah. I can't remember what brand, but yeah. Um, and then as Justin Timberlake was making his grand entrance, um, we dropped a glass of water and stopped him in his tracks. So that was interesting. They had to clean up the mess before he could come in at that point. Um, We danced beside Matt Damon. We ordered a drink at the bar beside Vince Vaughn. We sat with Russell Crowe. Wow. And we purposely rubbed elbows with Leonardo DiCaprio. We got real close so we could say, I touched him. Like, yeah, yeah. And we did that with Ben Affleck, too. Yeah, that was the time of his divorce. He was going through, like, he was in a bad mood that night. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that is really cool. I mean, yeah, I mean, in one night, you got to be all those people like, but we couldn't take pictures. So there's no proof of it. So we can (laughs) just have a story to share. Yeah. I was going to ask, were you able to, um, I mean, obviously you didn't want to look starstruck or, or like fangirl, you know, you want to play cool. But I totally am. Yeah. 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 I've seen your movie. Uh Ah, Exactly. I think I would very much enjoy meeting some of, especially Jack Black. He's hilarious. Yeah. I'd love to shake his Well, he was the first one at the party and we were there early. So he just stood around and talked with us for a while handed us champagne said did a toast like it was awesome did you ever listen to tenacious d that's his band it sounds familiar but i don't remember exactly what the songs were it's not like it was like melodic and like awesome yeah it's just funny music Uh he's a great guy very multifaceted actor i'd like to revisit the golf um portion really quickly on that program tournament is coming up in may and hopefully i'll see you at women's executive day i'll be there all week because we're benefiting from the mitsubishi electric classic this year that is such a wonderful wonderful tournament it really is and for those of you listening who are unaware 100 percent of the proceeds minus the cost mm-hmm. of the tournament go to charity, um, charity. Yeah. 100 percent. yeah i love the way they're set up it's awesome and they do it it takes an entire year people don't understand that it takes an entire year to plan that tournament which is one week long yes you so know you think about logistically how they it's go. a series of a lot of events though so yeah. it does take a lot of time to plan that um one thing that stands out to me is how they plopped a boat right there and just like one of the little canals that oh yeah no, on the lake yeah there's, there's no yeah. way to drive on the par that three boat. hole yeah, yeah i know they, exactly they what you're talking about it in and oh, is that, that how they put it? Yeah, in? and okay, they I, do it at night because they can't take I up any how that traffic happened. or anything. It's just so much work goes into it. Yeah, I, I, I I've never thought about that before, it. but yeah. it's good to know this it's how it exciting. happened. Well, I look forward to seeing you there. Yeah. So share with our listeners a little bit about an event that's upcoming that you wanted to um, emphasize. Can I share several? Because yeah, we do have absolutely. a few coming up. But actually, next month um, on April 25th, it's a Tuesday. We have our Mason Golf Tournament at the River Club. Um, this year, it benefits the Concussion Institute that's on our Duluth campus, and um, our co-chairs are um, Chuck Smith and David Green, former NFL guys. Of course, David Green was the former Georgia Bulldog quarterback. I'm a big Ooh. fan of his. Um, but the tournament, um, we are looking right now for sponsorships. Um, so if you're a golfer, come out and join us that day. We have some really exciting things planned for the day. We're trying to make our tournament kind of stand out from all the others. So um, we're bringing in some special surprises, and I can't wait for the golfers to experience that this year. Um, the other event that the foundation plans every year is Paint Gwinnett Pink. It is a 5K to raise money for breast cancer. Um, this year it's scheduled for Saturday, October the 14th. 
Um, and we do this out at Cool Rayfield. They are very generous with their space. Um, but that will benefit, um, of course, breast cancer services, specifically tomosynthesis. And that is a 3D imaging technology. And it makes it easier for when the radiologist is looking at your mammogram, they can see more slices and mm -hmm. able to detect the problem areas. Oh, yeah. So that is really what our focus is on this year for raising money. Um, and the favorite part of my day is um, there's a cancer survivor's walk before the 5K begins. And it's just, it's very touching, very emotional. You see the survivors come on stage and hug their doctors. And it, it's just, it's just a sweet moment. Mm. Um, and then, okay, so for what we need for that tournament, of course, sponsors are always appreciated for that. But runners and walkers are great, and it's always fun for people to form teams. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people will rally around a cancer survivor that they know and get all their friends and family involved, and the team dresses alike. So it really is a fun day, and you just see the sea of pink. Most everybody dresses in yes. pink that day, of course. So um, it's a great event. We have several thousand people there. It's it's kind of a big deal in Gwinnett. Last year, we raised over a million dollars for the event. So, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So would love for it. people to come out and join us for that. Um, there are a couple of other third-party charities that we work with, and by that, I mean they um, are community people who do, do fundraising and then give it back to us. Mm -hmm. I already mentioned, of course, the Mitsubishi Electric Classic. Um, but there's another group um, of local dentists, um, Brighter Smiles for Brighter Futures, is chaired by Dr. Bruce Carter out of Lawrenceville. But he pulls together a team of dentists in Gwinnett, and they exchange teeth bleaching for a donation back to the hospital. So you wow. go into the dental office, you pay $250, but you write the check to us, not to oh, the dentist. I love that. Yeah. And so through the years, they've raised about $1.4 million for our breast cancer program. So it's been a, a really incredible program um, that we've benefited from. Um, one other thing I wouldn't mind mentioning, if you don't mind, don't. is we have a group called Women's Leadership Council, and that is a group of women leaders in Gwinnett. And I just want to throw this out there for any um, women that might be out there that want to get involved in something, um, please contact me. What it is, is um, we have quarterly lunches and we feature a different um, speaker each time, normally a physician, sometimes it's hospital administrator or director, but they're telling about a different service the hospital offers or, you know, a healthcare hot topic. Right. So they're really great. It's a great way to network and there's people from all walks of life in this group. So if you're interested, let me know. We need to get I you in that, that group, yes. Amanda. Yeah, I'll send you the information. So maybe like during Heart uh, Health Month, that might be the topic. Actually, or? this month, um, March 22nd, Colon. we are actually featuring um, a cardiologist as a speaker, and she's going to focus on women's heart issues. March 22nd, I'm writing yeah. it down. Yeah. You know, I've actually heard date. of that group before, so thank you for um, expanding Probably on that. Probably a lot of your friends are in the group. Are in the group, yeah. yeah. Um, that's just so many wonderful things. You talked about um, the call to action for sponsorships. Where can people find that information if they um, would like to participate oh, or support? Great question. Okay, so our website is gmcgiving.org. Pink Gwinnett Pink does have its own website because it's a little more involved with signing up to register for teams and whatnot. So theirs is pinkgwinnettpink.org. Org. Mm -hmm. And the um, gmcgiving.org is for the tournament and also for the Women's Leadership Yeah, any, you can find anything on gmcgiving.org, and it will even direct you to the Pink Winnet Pink website. Okay, perfect. Well, thank yeah. you, and I look forward to uh, participating in some of the upcoming events. And I know you guys are going to blow it out of the water because well, thank you. you have great success. Um, I'm very interested, Ginger, as we're kind of rounding uh, the back nine of our show here, Yay. about some interesting stories from your career and maybe some obstacles that you've overcome throughout the years. It doesn't have to be 
um, professionally, but maybe even personally, that have helped kind of build you up to where you are today? Okay, I'll start with a couple of stories then, Mm -hmm. and then the obstacles. Okay, Okay, so a couple of stories. Um, One of my so I'm sure this community has all heard of Clyde and Sandra Strickland. They are the largest donors to our hospital system, but it all started very small. Um, back in the early days when I first started, the early 2000s, um, we used to do something called wine and sign parties. So we had a committee and they would um, get together and provide names and addresses of their family and friends that they could ask for a donation to the hospital. So we would sip wine and sign letters Mm -hmm. and make them personalized. Well, Tara Winter was on our committee at the time, and um, her brother's in-laws are Clyde and Sandra Strickland. So they received one of these letters in the mail, and they wrote us a check for $250 and sent it in. Um, We didn't think much about it at the time. You know, it was like no red flag like hey I'm a big donor Mm -hmm. you know but um, we cultivate people along the way so we really got to know the Stricklands and at the end of that year they sent us a really nice sized gift out of nowhere we didn't even ask for it and we're like wow that was very generous of them Um, but through the years they have become so close to us and they continue to support us in so many ways Um, they were critical when we needed open heart because they made the lead gift for the campaign and they helped finish off the campaign with a big gift therefore naming the Strickland Heart Center so um, and really that project the open heart center was probably my favorite project of all times working on because it was great to see the community rally behind that we had over a thousand letters of support that the community wrote to the state um, in our defense like we need this in Gwinnett we were the largest county in the nation without an open heart program so that that was super exciting for me Um, As far as an obstacle, I think you probably already know what that is because I'm not super comfortable um, giving interviews and um, public speaking. Um, I don't mind it if if I'm prepared and I have something written and I can get up and just talk, but impromptu speaking is my biggest fear and I have to do that sometimes. Um, But I eventually get over it and I make it through and it, it helps me grow. I know that I have to get over it, right? People, you have to do hard things. I am a very firm believer, um, who is it, Mark Owen says that growth occurs inside of the uncomfortable zone. Yes. So well, I am to, very uncomfortable, so you, I'm growing. You are growing. <laughs> yeah. You have to surmount that and then mm-hmm. just press on. Well, I wouldn't be able to tell because you're doing fantastic well, now. Thank you. Um, we talked about what you like to do to unwind. What are some, what is, would be something that somebody would be surprised to know about you, Ginger? Okay, so um, when I was younger, I was a gymnast. And um, I remember the year that Walmart opened in Winder. It was a big deal. Like, it was new to town. So it was almost like a circus act outside of Winder. They brought in us and other groups to perform. So we did acrobatics. Well, there was a handstand contest or headstand contest. Oh, wow. And I won it. And you it made the front page of the sports the section oh, in the goodness. local paper. I'm like, Really? I mean, I just thought that was hilarious. Like, they had no good news to report that day. Hey, they were, like, Walmart and Winder <laughs> so was there a you big go. deal. There's okay? a story. It so, was a big deal. I'm curious, um, obviously not on the pavement. That would be very painful. No, we had mats. Okay, so yeah. that's just yeah. standing on your head alone? Yes, yeah, standing on your head. Like, like this? Oh, line. I would get yeah. a headache. <laughs> Holy smokes. I was young then. I could do it. I couldn't do it now. Do you remember how, yeah. like, how long it was? Like I don't an hour remember. 20 minutes? I have no idea. I don't remember. It's probably in the paper, though. I should go back and read the you newspaper should, yeah, article. Clip, clip that article yeah. and show it to your children. That's amazing. Yeah, they probably don't know that story. Um, what do you do to stay sharp as far as personal or professional development? 
I myself love podcasts and I've turned to that because I don't have as much time to read as yeah. I did once upon a time. But obviously you have to stay um, astute, you know, for your industry. But just w- what do you do to remain sharp? Yeah, and your podcast is awesome. I listened to several episodes kind of preparing for what to expect today, and now I want to listen to them all. So I will definitely do that um, because I always learning, I love learning nuggets from other people. So everybody has such good advice. They do. Um, But anyway, um, as far as a professional group, um, out of the Georgia Hospital Association, we have a group called the uh, GADP, and that stands for. Georgia Association of Development Professionals, Um, but it's really a group of people in my field in hospitals in Georgia. Mm. So we get together, we have seminars, conferences, and but really they are my best resources, the people in that group. So when I have a question about something, I just pick up the phone and call one of them. Um, So that's been very helpful um, in my growth, Mm -hmm. in my career. And what about continuing education? Oh, that kind of is that. Yeah. And um, and leadership oh, sorry, Gwinnett, yeah. of course. Of I mean, course. I think that was great leadership education. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do attend, like, whenever the Community Foundation offers different leadership tracks, I try to do those. Mm-hmm. Um, so as events pop up, I just try to sign up. I, I love events, and Me I'm a too. sucker for them, and I try to go to them all. Mm-hmm. So um, I do stay involved in that way, too. Talk about the power of networking, because you have to develop relationships, and, you know, they start out in their infancy, and they grow, and sometimes you call upon, um, you know, people for uh, resources or for donations mm-hmm. and sponsorships and things like that. What are some groups that you find fruitful to participate in, and what, um, what type of networking do you find value? Um, yeah, so we've mentioned some of these already, but of course the Gwinnett Chamber I've been part of since I did my internship uh-huh. there 22, 23 years ago, I guess. Um, and so I s- stayed involved with the Chamber. They have great programs that they offer, um, and it's a great way to meet new people, the new businesses that open or whatever. Um, also Leadership Gwinnett and Rotary. Um, I also like to attend other charity events, like um, our staff, we're out and about all the time. Um because a lot of the times we love interacting with the other charities, but a lot of the donors are the same for all of us. Mm-hmm. So we get to see our people at yeah. other people's events too. So we do a lot of networking that way as well. But I just feel like the more you're out and about and seen and you know people, they trust you, you become their friend and people are more likely to give if they trust in the organization. And part of that is the people that make it up. Mm, I would agree with you mm-hmm. 100%. Um, Ginger, I could talk to you for another hour, especially about your farm animals. Yeah. But like I said, we were on the back nine par er, for the course. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm a You're terrible so golfer. <laughs> Listen, yeah. when you said best ball, that's just my jam. And I like to drive the golf cart and sip a seltzer. Um, we're never going to be and playing hit a ball with my ball. Yeah, because it's not the best one. <laughs> we'll and have to go. Like, we have the same style golf. We'll have to go play together. I get so, you were talking about like um, public speaking. I get so anxious uh, with the pace of play. Like if there's someone behind me that's like, better I'm like just go ahead uh-huh. go ahead I'm gonna be here for a while I'm like shaking <laughs> in my boots um you have been such a tremendous uh, addition to this series um, my last question to you Ginger before we say bye-bye is what advice would you have for young professionals out there and for also to leave us with maybe some words of wisdom or a parting thought okay okay so advice for young professionals um we've talked a lot about networking and I just think that is so important when you're young and you, you've got to get to know people, especially in you, if you're in a field like I'm in, like that's just key to your job. Um, I would also say pay your dues. I think a lot of times 
young people that are just coming out just think they should be at the top automatically. And I do think you have to do some of that grunt work first and earn that. Like people will see that you're working hard and it will pay off one day. But I do think you have to go through some of that, some of those growing pains, I guess. Um, And then I would say, don't be afraid to be the dumbest person in the room. And I find myself in that situation all the time. And I get so much out of it. Like I learn from people that are smarter than me. And I'm always fascinated by them and inspired by them. So I I do think that is great advice. Um, For closing thoughts, um, I'll just say, I mentioned earlier that I was a gymnast. So when I was a kid, I had this big poster in my room with a gymnast on it, and it had a quote, and it said, whatever the challenge, whatever the test, whatever you're striving for, give it your best. So that plays over and over in my mind all the time like that is my motto um and my parents kind of said it a different way they they always said if it's worth doing it's worth doing right so it pretty much means the same thing like put your all into it um even if you fail you know still you've learned something right Mm -hmm. fail forward yes fail forward yeah yeah, that's it hey i would be remiss if i didn't ask you as you are a leader uh, within your organization and the community um and recognizing important leadership qualities what stands out to you in an individual that is a leader um i think for a leader it is very important to recognize those who support you um and to give um credit where credit's due um one example that made me feel super special um is when i celebrated my 20 year anniversary my office staff and my boss they organized getting um cards and home uh, handwritten letters from donors from staff from people in the community that I work with so on my anniversary they gave me this huge box full of notes I didn't read them till I got home because Mm -hmm. I knew I was going to be super emotional and I cried like a baby (laughs) and I laughed a lot because people had jokes in there but it just it meant so much to me because prominent people in Gwinnett took time out of their day to write something special to me mm-hmm. um, to appreciate my service. So I think that's something good that anybody can do is just, you know, show appreciation, re- yeah, show yeah. appreciation to people. Um, and I just think leaders should set a good example themselves. I agree. Be competent. Um, be the people that you want to hire. Like, set the example. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's my advice. I love it. Yeah. And isn't it so impactful to receive a handwritten note? I love yes. writing thank you Absolutely. notes and cards. And it's it means so, so much, yeah, and you so don't meaningful. see it much anymore. Mm-mm. It's a, a dying, dying art. I bet and you I keep you still, them. I was going to say, I bet you still have that box. I do. Oh, with all the letters. Yeah, yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. And I keep um, a basket on my desk, and anybody that writes me a note – Um, I put that in there and with our profession um, sometimes we lose our donors so I keep up funeral programs in my little box too just to remember them by yeah oh that's so sweet ginger thank you so much for sharing your passion and your wisdom with our listeners this is so exciting share one more time that website in case anybody didn't catch it earlier and they'd like to participate in any of the um, programs that you mentioned okay the website is gmcgiving.org perfect all right Thank you folks for joining us for another uh, wonderful episode of Celebrating Powerhouse Women. You know you can access these episodes on our website by selecting the Gwinnett Studio at businessradiox.com. We are live every Friday at 1130. And please subscribe on your favorite podcasting application. I listen on iTunes. Where do you listen to podcasts? Spotify. All right. For our guest, Ginger Powell, and for our producer, Mike, I am your host, Amanda Pierce Marmalejo. And we'll see you next week on Celebrating Powerhouse Women.